Of course, we're all still trying to figure out what happened in the presidential race. How do you lose the presidency to the most unpopular candidate of all time? Now, Hillary has published a book with her answer. She calls it What Happened? For comment, we turn to Sarah Leonard. She reviewed the book for The Guardian, and she's a senior editor at The Nation. Sarah Leonard, welcome back. Thank you. Well, last time you were here, we asked you, why are young people voting for old socialists? I guess the question this time is, what is Hillary's explanation for her defeat? Uh, Maybe the place to start is, though, a slightly different question. What kind of book is this? What's it like? Well, at the risk of helping her to sell her book, it is a very entertaining book and far more entertaining than her previous books. Um, I don't know if Anyone has read her earlier campaign autobiographies, but they're very careful. They're pretty boring. They're trying to put a gloss on any controversies that may arise uh, when she runs for office. In this book, she takes lots of swings at people. There's some score settling going on. And she also uh, doesn't really hold back in describing what her life is like. And what her life is like is totally wildly unrelatable Uh, including facts like she has not gone unaccompanied to pick up milk in about a decade um, or more. Uh, She and her husband have been under constant Secret Service protection for the last 25 years, and that she uh, finally really decided she would run for president for a second time while on vacation with Oscar de la Renta and his wife. So it's juicy. (laughs) It's pretty fun to read. And I enjoyed all of those parts, to be honest, much more than her particular political analysis. So uh, thank you for that. Uh, But now we come to the big question. Why does Hillary Clinton think she lost? What went wrong? What does she say were her mistakes? Well, she offers a lot of different answers to that. And really, in the end, it kind of boils down to two. The biggest in her mind I think, is James Comey and his last-minute press conference saying he was looking into more of her emails, and in general, the prevalence of the email narrative throughout the campaign, which she believes was not an important story, certainly compared to what Trump was doing, and I think that's actually right, and that at the very end, her numbers took a turn uh, among white suburban voters, and she blames that on Comey's press conference. I have to say... I'm a little bit sympathetic with her on this ground, so I can barely remember what that email thing was about at this point. <laughs> I I agree with you, actually. I think that that was a narrative that got blown way out of proportion. And while there are lots of valid critiques of Hillary Clinton, many of which I share with others, the fact that her emails were on a different server does not seem like the most important thing about her. And she may, in fact, be right that in the end, Comey tipped that narrow balance over to Trump with his press conference because, as Hillary notes, she won the popular vote. And in the swing states that she lost, she didn't lose by very much. And so on a sort of technical level, yeah, you could blame Comey for her loss. But we have (laughs) the big but that we're heading for here. Why was there a narrow balance in the first place? I started out by saying Trump was the most unpopular candidate of all time. Does she think she made any mistakes? So she does. And she acknowledges that maybe she's not the best politician. 
But largely, she seems to think that a lot of her words were taken out of context by a media that was irresponsible, and also that typically after four years of a president, sorry, eight years of a president from one party, voters tend to want change. And that's backed up by polls. And so, you know, she says that in a way it was um, that was working against her. Um, and she, in the end, says, says a lot of things like, I was a candidate and I failed and I have to take responsibility for that. But all of the reasons that she lost, that she really explores in depth, do have to do with other people or with the situation that she was in, not with what she did. And a really good example of that is when she talks about the speeches she made to banks, uh, she says, I shouldn't have done that, and I take responsibility for that. But on the same page, she says, many politicians who worked in the federal government went on to give speeches to bankers and to make money, and I shouldn't have been so silly as to think that that also applied to me. Hmm. The implication being that she feels pretty indignant that people came after her for making these speeches, and she's kind of failed to grasp why people wanted her to sort of pick a side, you know, the people or the banks, and why she couldn't have it both ways. She doesn't seem to have internalized that. So while she says that she's taking responsibility for losing, it's unclear to me what that actually means to her. You opened by saying she has basically two reasons why she didn't win. One was Comey's announcement late in the game uh, that he was reopening her investigation of the emails. What was the other one? So the other one is what she calls tribal politics. She feels like we're in a moment dominated by tribal politics. And she's primarily using that phrase to describe Trump's base, the sort of ethnic nationalism we've seen, the white supremacy that crawled out of the woodwork, sexism. And she sort of says that that blended with economic resentment to produce this, what she calls tribal politics, which was not helpful to her. Now, what she's sort of failing to address, of course, is all of the discontent on the left that plagued her campaign, which you could describe as populism, perhaps, although she sort of refuses to use the word populism. It maybe comes up once. She prefers this term, tribal politics. And I think what she's doing there is trying to suggest that the sort of populist politics that we've seen on the rise over the last few years is across the board sort of irrational, bad, that it can't really represent a valid critique of her position and her history of politics. So you could attribute some of this populist politics during the election to the fact that Clinton economics failed. And Bill Clinton's welfare policies that she supported at the time failed and failed a lot of people. NAFTA failed a lot of people. And so that's a sort of populism that's harder for her to completely refute and not take seriously. And so it's easier to only talk about populism as a sort of tribalism, as something bad coming from the right. You mentioned that sexism in her presentation is part of the problem of tribal politics. And she, I know she, she argues that she suffered disproportionately from charges of untrustworthiness and inauthenticity because she's a woman. 
she says. Does she say anything about the fact that 53% of white women voted against her? That was maybe the most shocking thing in, in the campaign. I think it's worth noting that some of her charges of sexism are certainly correct. She's been treated in a very sexist way by the media for decades now. But the fact is that large numbers of white women have voted for Republicans for years, and they weren't going to change now because she's a woman. And it seems to me that she really misunderstood the historical potential that she represented to most people. She felt like she represented women's progress. And so being held back, being criticized in the media was a sexist act on the part of the media, on the part of her critics and so forth, and that she was suffering for that. For a lot of people, they saw another Clinton. There's Mm -hmm. nothing progressive or new about that. And of course, that's unappealing to a lot of women as well. Women who are Republicans and who have been voting Republican for years have learned to see the Clintons as the enemy, certainly. Um, And they're not going to be persuaded by yet another Clinton campaign that suddenly Hillary Clinton is an outsider. It seems like she really misunderstood the ways that elitism and populism were working in this election, and she still doesn't understand. On the subject of elitism and populism, she replies to critics by pointing to the chart in her book. It's becoming sort of a famous chart, how many times she mentioned the word jobs. She says it's totally unfair for people like us to criticize her for elitism. Look at how many times she mentioned the word jobs. Uh, What did you think about the chart, and what does it actually show? Well... She did say jobs, and I think that her fixation on like counting the number of times she said jobs and the length of her policy proposals betrays a really fundamental misunderstanding of politics. It's not that uh, people just want to hear you say jobs and present your policy platform. People want to know that you are, once you're in office, going to fight on the right side. Mm-hmm. And that's where the stuff with the speeches came in, right? Yeah. Because Hillary wanted to say, I'm talking about the policies that will help you. And trust me, I'm totally going to fight for you once I'm in office. It's just in the meantime, I've been hanging out with all these bankers who took your houses and your jobs. They're not the enemy. We all just kind of have to work together. And, you know, I think Americans aren't stupid. You know, they know who caused the economic crisis. They know who the enemies of these policies are. And so it's a little bit confusing for her to say, well, when I was speaking to all of you, I said we needed to tax the rich and produce more jobs. Well, what's she saying in these other rooms? And the fact that she wouldn't release her speeches during the campaign reinforced the idea that she was talking out of both sides of her mouth. Bernie. We have to talk about Bernie. Of course, Bernie (laughs) gave a speech nominating her at the convention. He campaigned enthusiastically for her after the convention. He did everything the losing candidate in the primary is supposed to do for the winner. Uh, Does she thank Bernie for the hard work he put into uh, trying to make her president? (laughs) Um, Not much. She does acknowledge that he came out and campaigned for her in the end. She wishes he had dropped out a lot sooner. And she finds very frustrating that he put forward all of these policies that she considers utopian, things that would never pass Congress, 
universal health care, $15 an hour, and so forth, while she was putting forward things that she thought were fleshed out and realistic and could actually be turned into policy. And she compares this to Bernie promising ever and a pony, right? <laughs> and then uh, this is the famous leak from her book that came out shortly before it did, wherein Bernie offers Everett a pony, and then she says, how are we going to pay for the pony? And Everett says, Hillary hates ponies. <laughs> now, <laughs> well, that may have a little bit of truth to it. Something she doesn't seem to understand is people want aspirations. People yeah. want something to be working towards. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get towards something like universal health care is by putting it on the table. Let other people force you to compromise. Don't compromise before you get started. That seems like a basic political truth that she didn't understand. And the criticism that Bernie had not fleshed all these plans out, whereas she had, I think that's true. It's also just a fact that she expected to govern, and he didn't. He didn't have to do that to campaign. And that's kind of okay. I think as we've seen now with his new healthcare proposal, he's perfectly capable of putting together the nuts and bolts of an actual piece of policy that people can work for and debate. The idea that he came in as a spoiler and prevented her from running the progressive campaign that she would have run, which is what she says happened, is sort of preposterous. It's pretty clear to anyone who watched this election that he infused the election with a sort of economic populism that was sorely lacking from the Clinton campaign and that they really scrambled to adopt. It was not their natural mode, and it would not have been their mode had he not entered the election. Sarah Leonard of The Nation. She reviewed Hillary's book, What Happened for the Guardian. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much, Sean. 